Exodus 10 through 12, 13. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants, so that I may perform these signs of mine among them. And they may tell you in the presence of your son and of your grandson how I made a mockery of the Egyptians, and how I performed my signs among them, so that you may know that I am the Lord. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said to him, This is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, says. How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go, so that they may serve me. For if you refuse to let my people go, behold, tomorrow I will bring locusts in your territory, and they will cover the surface of your land, so that no one will be able to see the land. They will also eat the rest of what has survived, what is left to you from the hail, and they will eat every tree of yours which grows in the field. Then your houses will be filled with them, together with the houses of all your servants and the houses of all the Egyptians, something which neither your fathers nor your grandfathers have seen, from the day that they came upon this earth until this day. And he turned and left Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh's servant said to him, How long shall this man be a snare to us? Let the people go, so that they may serve the Lord their God. Do you not yet realize that Egypt is destroyed? So Moses and Aaron were brought back to Pharaoh. And he said to them, Go, serve the Lord your God. Who specifically are the ones who are going? Moses said, We shall go with our young and our old, with our sons and our daughters, with our flocks and our herds we shall go, for we must hold a feast to the Lord. Then he said to them, So may the Lord be with you, when I let you and your little ones go. Watch out, for evil is on your mind. Not so. Go now, but only the men among you, and serve the Lord, since this is what you desire. So they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. Then the Lord said to Moses, Reach out with your hand over the land of Egypt for the locusts, so that they may come up on the land of Egypt and eat every plant of the land, everything that the hail has left. So Moses reached out with his staff over the land of Egypt, and the Lord directed an east wind on the land all that day and all that night. And when it was morning, the east wind brought the locusts. The locusts came up over all the land of Egypt and settled in the territory of Egypt. They were very numerous. There had never been so many locusts, nor would there ever be so many again. For they covered the surface of the whole land, so that the land was darkened. And they ate every plant of the land, and all the fruit of the trees that the hail had left. Therefore nothing green was left on tree or plant of the field throughout the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh hurriedly called for Moses and Aaron, and he said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. So now please forgive my sin only this once, and plead with the Lord your God that he would only remove this death from me. Then he left Pharaoh and pleaded with the Lord. So the Lord shifted the wind to a very strong west wind, which picked up the locusts and drove them into the Red Sea. Not one locust was left in all the territory of Egypt. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, 
and he did not let the sons of Israel go. Then the Lord said to Moses, Reach out with your hand toward the sky, so that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even a darkness which may be felt. So Moses reached out with his hand toward the sky, and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt for three days. They did not see one another, nor did anyone rise from his place for three days. But all the sons of Israel had light in their dwellings. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and said, Go, serve the Lord. Only let your flocks and your herds be left behind. Even your little ones may go with you. But Moses said, You must also let us have sacrifices and burnt offerings, so that we may sacrifice them to the Lord our God. Therefore, our livestock too shall go with us. Not a hoof shall be left behind. For we shall take some of them to serve the Lord our God. And until we arrive there, we ourselves do not know with what we shall serve the Lord. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he was not willing to let them go. Then Pharaoh said to him, Get away from me. Be careful, do not see my face again. For on the day you see my face, you shall die. Moses said, You have spoken correctly. I shall never see your face again. Now the Lord said to Moses, One more plague I will bring on Pharaoh and Egypt. After that, he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, he will assuredly drive you out from here completely. Speak now so that the people hear, that each man is to ask of his neighbor and each woman of her neighbor articles of silver and articles of gold. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Furthermore, the man Moses himself was greatly esteemed in the land of Egypt, both in the sight of Pharaoh's servants and in the sight of the people. Then Moses said, This is what the Lord says, About midnight I am going out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of the Pharaoh, who sits on the throne, to the firstborn of the slave girl, who is behind the millstones, all the firstborn of the cattle as well. So there shall be a great cry in all the land of Egypt, such as there has not been before, and such as shall never be again. But not even a dog will threaten any of the sons of Israel, nor anything from person to animal, so that you may learn how the Lord distinguishes between Egypt and Israel. And all these servants of yours will come down to me and bow themselves before me, saying, Go out, you and all the people who follow you. And after that, I will go out. And he left Pharaoh in the heat of anger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not listen to you so that my wonders will be multiplied in the land of Egypt. So Moses and Aaron performed all these wonders before Pharaoh. Yet the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the sons of Israel go out of his land. Now the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be the beginning of months for you. It is to be the first month of the year for you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month they are, each one, to take a lamb for themselves according to their father's households, a lamb for each household. 
Now, if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his neighbor nearest to his house are going to take one according to the number of persons in them, in proportion to what each one should eat. You are to divide the lamb. Your lamb shall be an unblemished male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel is to slaughter it at twilight. Moreover, they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses in which they eat. They shall eat the flesh that same night roasted with fire, and they shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled at all with water, but rather roasted with fire, both its head and its legs along with its entrails. You shall not leave any of it until morning, but whatever is left until morning you shall completely burn with fire. Now you shall eat it in this way with your garment belted around your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in a hurry. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will go through the land of Egypt on that night, and fatally strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the human firstborn to animals, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live, and when I see the blood I will pass over you, and no plague will come upon you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Mark 2 When Jesus came back to Capernaum a few days later, it was heard that he was at home, and many were gathered together so that there was no longer space, not even near the door, and he was speaking the word to them. And some people came, bringing him a man who was paralyzed, carried by four men. And when they were unable to get to him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him, and after digging an opening, they let down the pallet on which the paralyzed man was lying. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. But some of the scribes were sitting there and thinking it over in their hearts. Why does this man speak that way? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins except God alone? Immediately Jesus, aware in his spirit that they were thinking that way within themselves, said to them, Why are you thinking about these things in your hearts? Which is easier? to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and pick up your pallet and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralyzed man, I say to you, get up, pick up your pallet, and go home. And he got up and immediately picked up the pallet and went out in the sight of everyone so that they were all amazed and were glorifying God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. And he went out again by the seashore, and all the people were coming to him, and he was teaching them. As he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting in the tax office, and he said to him, Follow me. And he got up and followed him. 
And it happened that he was reclining at the table in the house, and many tax collectors and sinners were dining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many of them, and they were following him. When the scribes of the Pharisees saw that he was eating with the sinners and tax collectors, he said to his disciples, Why is he eating with tax collectors and sinners? After hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, and they came and said to him, Why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, While the groom is with them, the attendants of the groom cannot fast, can they? As long as they have the groom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the groom is taken away from them, and then they will fast on that day. No one sews a patch of unshrunken cloth on an old garment. Otherwise, the patch pulls away from it, the new from the old, and a worse tear results. And no one puts new wine into old wine skins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is lost, and the skins as well. But one puts new wine into fresh wineskins. And it happened that he was passing through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and his disciples began to make their way along while picking the heads of the grain. The Pharisees were saying to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need, and he and his companions became hungry? How he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar the high priest, and ate the consecrated bread, which is not lawful for anyone to eat except the priests? And he also gave it to those who were with him. Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Acts 24 Now, after five days, the high priest Ananias came down with some elders and an attorney named Tertullus, and they brought charges against Paul to the governor. After Paul had been summoned, Tertullus began accusing him, saying to the governor, Since we have attained great peace through you, and since reforms are being carried out for this nation by your foresight, we acknowledge this in every way and everywhere, most excellent Felix with all thankfulness. But, that I may not weary you further, I beg you to grant us a brief hearing by your kindness. For we have found this man a public menace, and one who stirs up dissensions among all the Jews throughout the world, and a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. And he even tried to desecrate the temple, so indeed we arrested him. By interrogating him yourself concerning all these matters, you will be able to ascertain the things of which we are accusing him. The Jews also joined in the attack, asserting that these things were so. And when the governor had nodded for him to speak, Paul responded, Knowing that for many years you have been a judge to this nation, I cheerfully make my defense. Since you can take note of the fact that no more than twelve days ago 
I went up to Jerusalem to worship, and neither in the temple did they find me carrying on a discussion with anyone, or causing a riot, nor in the synagogues, nor in the city itself, nor can they prove to you the things of which they now accuse me. But I confess this to you, that in accordance with the way which they call a sect, I do serve the God of our fathers, believing everything that is in accordance with the law and is written in the prophets, having a hope in God which these men cherish themselves, that there shall certainly be a resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. In view of this, I also do my best to maintain a blameless conscience both before God and before other people always. Now, after several years, I came to bring charitable gifts to my nation, and to present offerings in which they found me occupied in the temple, having been purified, without any crowd or uproar. But there were some Jews from Asia, who ought to have been present before you, and to have been bringing charges, if they should have anything against me. Or else have these men themselves declare what violation they discovered when I stood before the council, other than in regard to this one declaration, which I shouted while standing among them, For the resurrection of the dead I am on trial before you today. But Felix, having quite accurate knowledge about the way, adjourned them, saying, When Lysias, the commander, comes down, I will decide your case. He gave orders to the centurion, for Paul to be kept in custody, and yet have some freedom, and not to prevent any of his friends from providing for his needs. Now, some days later, Felix arrived with Drusilla, his wife, who was Jewish, and he sent for Paul and heard him speak about faith in Christ Jesus. But as he was discussing righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix became frightened and responded, Go away for now, and when I have an opportunity, I will summon you. At the same time, he was also hoping that money would be given to him by Paul. Therefore, he also used to send for him quite often, and talk with him. But after two years had passed, Felix was succeeded by Porcius Festus, and Felix, wanting to do the Jews a favor, left Paul imprisoned. Proverbs eleven twenty two through 31 As a ring of gold in a pig's snout, so is a beautiful woman who lacks discretion. The desire of the righteous is only good, but the expectation of the wicked is wrath. There is one who scatters, and yet increases all the more, and there is one who withholds what is justly due, and yet it results only in poverty. A generous person will be prosperous, and one who gives others plenty of water will himself be given plenty. One who withholds grain, the people will curse him, but blessing will be on the head of him who sells it. One who diligently seeks good seeks favor, but one who seeks evil, evil will come to him. One who trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like the green leaf. 
One who troubles his house will inherit wind, and the foolish will be servant to the wise-hearted. The fruit of the righteous life is a tree of life, and one who is wise gains souls. If the righteous will be repaid on the earth, how much more the wicked and the sinner. Psalm 25, 1-15 To you, Lord, I lift up my soul. My God, in you I trust. Do not let me be ashamed. Do not let my enemies rejoice over me. Indeed, none of those who wait for you will be ashamed. Those who deal treacherously without cause will be ashamed. Make me know your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day. Remember, Lord, your compassion and your faithfulness, for they have been from old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my wrongdoings. Remember me according to your faithfulness. For your goodness' sake, Lord, the Lord is good and upright. Therefore he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in justice, and he teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are faithfulness and truth to those who comply with his covenant and his testimonies. For the sake of your name, Lord, forgive my wrongdoing, for it is great. Who is the person who fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way he should choose. His soul will dwell in prosperity, and his descendants will inherit the land. The secret of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he will make them know his covenant. My eyes are continually toward the Lord, for he will rescue my feet from the net. Psalm 25, 1-15 